0: Welcome to the P Money Show, where your host, Paulina Salazar, talks real estate.
1: So the topic for today is, what do I need to qualify for a home? So we're going to go over what exactly the qualifications are, thanks to Mr. Sean Torres. So Sean, if you want to I think the best way to do it is maybe just give us a rundown of exactly what is needed um, and then maybe go back and touch on each item, kind of give it a little bit more detail.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I like to tell people that there are three to four main criteria to qualify for a mortgage. And I, I usually start with first and foremost credit. You have to have, you have to have qualifying credit meaning typically most borrowers now are looking at a 620 credit score so you have to have you have to have good credit you have to have qualifying income which we can dive into a little bit later in the call but if we're looking at it strictly from a standpoint of uh three criteria credit income and down payment so you have to have good credit you have to have qualifying income based on whatever agency you're going with, and and last most almost you know almost all programs require down payment anywhere from three percent to to twenty percent down. So credit, income, and down payment, and then if you would like, we could kind of go into both both. I'm sorry, all three all three criteria. So, if you'd like, we'll, we'll start on income. So, as I said, typically you need a 620 credit score. Um, we can win mean, you can do them all the way down to a 580. FHA actually allows into a mid 500s credit score, but for three and a half percent down, which is the FHA minimum, you need to have a 580 credit score. Most borrowers, well, they have their credit monitored by Credit Karma or, or these online online agencies, where they can say they, they, they monitor and they have a good idea of what their credit score is. So, as long as we're a five eighty or above, we can put three and a half percent down. Um, next, if we move to income, income you the the easiest way to calculate what you would qualify for income wise is we take your gross income. So if you make $72,000 a year, that's $6,000 a month. Most guidelines and the easiest way to kind of qualify yourself in a roundabout way is to say half of my, half of my gross income can be going out monthly. And that includes your new mortgage and any current debts that you have that report to credit. So I tell people credit cards, Car payments, student loans, plus your new mortgage cannot cannot be more than fifty percent, cannot be more than half of what your gross income is. So mm-hmm. so that that's a good qualifying measure.
1: What about like, okay, so you say minimum credit scores, um, but I know it's better to obviously have a better credit score, right? It's like, yeah, somebody can get by with a five eighty, but it's like maybe in a in two months or whatever, you know, if they reach out to you and they're like, "Hey, Sean, I want to buy my credit score is a five You're like, "Great, you can do it," but it probably would be better if you did X, Y, Z. That way, it can bump it up to this amount. You get a better interest rate.
0: You're exactly right. Perfect question is yes, FHA will allow you to do a five eighty credit score, but the terms of your loan are based on the risk that you present to the lender. So. If you have a 580 credit score, you're not your, your interest rate. And when I say terms, it's primarily the interest rate. Your interest rate is going to be not nearly as attractive as somebody that has a 720 credit score, for instance. So, a bank's going to say, "Okay, well, we really." We'd really prefer somebody with at least a six eighty, but we'll go to five eighty so mm-hmm. how do you offset that risk is 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 in a higher interest rate so so with a five eighty credit score, your interest rate's gonna be a bit higher than it would be for somebody with a seven twenty so so uh, it used to be years and years ago that you'd be you'd be astronomically different and the interest rate if if you were a 580 compared to a 720 well they're they're actually not there's not that big of a margin anymore so uh i don't want to deter people from saying hey we shouldn't buy until we're a 720 no that's not the case Um, if you're a 580 the interest rates are i would say probably 1 higher than the standard market so and, and maybe not even i mean that's a I would say if if, if you're a 720, um, your rates are going to be, let's just say, 3%. Mm-hmm. Then if, if, if you're a 580, they're going to be 3.875. It's still a really good rate. Yeah. Years ago, that, that difference used to be a big, big, big margin in the interest rate. And that's just not the case anymore. They're pretty regulated.
1: What What do you think happened? Like, why did they get well, regulated?
0: Well, back... Uh, <laughs> It, it was kind of as, as you might hear, the wild, wild west. Uh, prior yeah, to yeah. 2008, it was it was just, hey, lenders can make up their own terms and their own and their own um, guidelines. So if you, I mean, they would literally categorize you in a A, B, C, D, or E bucket. And if you were in a certain level, you would there. I mean, there would be a big, big variance. Well, they come in and and and. And they regulated the industry to say, okay, well, we're taking out to qualify for an FHA loan. We're going to make it a lot more stringent. Mm -hmm. We're going to make sure that our debt ratios are in line. We're going to make sure there's no stated income. We're going to make sure of a lot of things, which mitigated a lot of the risk for the lenders in general. So basically, if you qualified for a loan prior to 2008, didn't really mean a whole lot. If you qualified for a loan after 2008, then then it gives some credence and some some you know a little bit more um uh the lenders were more comfortable with that so so therefore there's not that big variance the you it used to be if you just qualified you qualified um and 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 it was and then lenders could just come in and say hey we're going to charge you seven percent if you had a 580 credit score, they'd grade you as a certain level and give you a much, much higher interest rate. So, so a lot of that risk has been taken away just by that air quotes conforming side of being able to conform to a Fannie, Fannie Mae FHA loan in general, again, eliminates a lot of the risk.
1: What about the opposite? Like, I know that there's, like, once you hit, what is it, like, seven something? Like, there's mm-hmm. there's no point in, like, shooting for 800, right? I know eight hundred's the max, right? That you can have on a credit score. Yeah, I mean, so if if uh, essentially if you're
0: above a seven sixty, a seven sixty credit score is gonna give you pretty much the highest tier with most lenders. Okay. Um, some some of the lenders that, that want really the most vanilla a paper stuff, yeah. Um they're 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 typically not they're, that's not their specialty because if they're only doing seven eighty credit scores as opposed to anybody below seven eighty, mm-hmm. they're really limiting themselves. So that's that's really not their market. Um, but if you do happen to fall in that bucket, good for you. But um, really, anything above a seven forty ish is going to get you the top tier with the most seven sixty for some. But seven forty credit score or above is really is really a plus. Okay,
1: so. Credit scores, income. What other? What's another thing that's a qualifying factor? Uh,
0: down payment. Down. So, we'll take a quick step back and say there are uh, effectively two major um, types of loans you can go into. One is uh, FHA, and the other one is uh, conventional. So, conventional, uh, unless you're a first-time homebuyer, conventional requires five percent down. Uh, FHA requires three and a half percent down. So um, the the last qualifying topic that we're, as far as our call is down payment, FHA requires one and a half percent less than most conventional loans. So um, it it is a little more forgiving for people that do not have quite as much money. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And, and FHA is a little more forgiving on
0: credit and income. They've got just a, they're a little more lenient. Um, than than conventional but uh, by and large you you should go with a minimum of three and a half percent down when you're looking for a home.
1: Okay so three and a half percent down of the purchase price and then you have your closing cost which I always say is roughly anywhere between two and a half to three percent of the purchase price. So aside from those two things um, how much I guess, is there anything additional that you would recommend them to have as far as savings? Because one of the most common questions that I get asked is how much money is required? Like People are like, how much money do I need to buy a house? But it's all situational based on the purchase price. And then it's like, okay, well, the purchase price will then in turn with your lender give you a payment. So even though you can be qualified up to seven fifty. dollars you know, you might not want to go that high because your mortgage payment is going to be high. So at that point, let's just say you go to 600 and then of course it would be three and a half percent of that plus closing costs. So is there anything else that you would recommend them to save on or I guess need in order to get qualified?
0: Yeah. So you bring up an awesome point is that just because you have a 740 score, and just because you meet the income requirements, does not automatically mean that you're you're approved through FHA or Fannie Mae or VA for that for that matter. It basically means that you you hit those you hit those requirements. Uh, I'll take it a step further. Most people that have a 740 and have the down payment and the income will get approved. Okay, but just because you have a 580, for instance, if you go if you go a little more risky. And you say just because you have a 580 credit score and you have less than a 50% debt ratio and you have three and a half percent down does not just mean that you're approved, does not mean that um, that 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 they're gonna accept your loan. Um, so you bring up a good point is to say what what can you do to make sure you're you're kind of you've got everything qualified is typically they want to have a little bit of reserves on top of just on the surface saying credit income and down payment is having a little bit of money left over because what effectively what each each agency is looking for is they're saying, what is the likelihood that Mr. or Mrs. Borrower is going to make their mortgage payment. Mm-hmm. And if you have the income, you have the credit and you have the down payment. Okay. The next best thing is or the next thing that would help your qualifying is to have a little bit of money, Reserves. So, uh, reserves are uh, anything on top of after you pay your your down payment. So, uh, three per or three months worth of reserves. So, let's say if you if your mortgage payment is three thousand dollars, FHA and Fannie Mae really really like to see three months of reserves. So, in this case, nine thousand dollars left over after your down payment after your closing costs. Oh,
1: okay, I didn't know about. Okay. What about like, I also get asked like, Hey, I, I just started a new job. I don't think I qualify, you know? And then I always, I always tell them like, Hey, it's, it's not necessarily a new job or a new company that's going to mess that up for you. It's the industry. So that's why it's a, it's really important to have a good lender and partner up with them because what they are going to do is basically vouch for you saying, Hey, you were a truck driver for Amazon, and you just became a UPS driver. They can argue and say that at the end of the day, like you're still a driver, therefore you're in the same type of industry,
0: right? Yep, one hundred percent. So income is income. There are so many quirks and so many different guidelines for income. But uh, matter of fact, today we just we just put somebody in esc in, in escrow and contract that that um, they had they've only been on a job for one year. Well, she, she was in college prior to this one year. So and typically you need a two year, two year history of working. It doesn't have to be in the same field, but in this particular case, we, we got lucky because she was a salaried employee. So anytime you're a salaried employee, and, and, and that's all your income is, we qualify you off of your salary. If you, started, if you started three weeks ago, we qualify you off of the salary. Now, if you're a little different, and let's just say you're hourly plus overtime, well, okay, that's great. We'll use your hourly rate, so long as you're making uh, 40 hours a week, but our commission, or I'm sorry, our overtime in this case, you have to have a two-year history of making overtime so uh, we take your two-year average of your overtime and most if they take fannie mae they those guidelines are all pretty much the same mm-hmm. but just because you just started a new job doesn't mean you can't you you cannot get a loan we just your income is scrutinized a little bit differently it, it depends on how you're paid hourly we use your hourly rate times a full full a full forty. If it's your salary and you prior your your prior job you were making seventy two thousand dollars a year, and then now you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, we'll use the one hundred thousand dollars a year, provided it's a guaranteed salary. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, you 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 really do need uh, someone with some experience to be able to look at your income and say, hey, okay every one of these different entities have different guidelines and you just it's not as easy as saying okay we do a two-year average and I mean there's a lot that goes into everyone every scenario is different
1: yeah and correct me if I'm wrong but like the way that I see your career is like you're technically kind of like a mini attorney that's packaging up everything for for example the investors right the investors are the ones that give money to the bank and then And then they enforce these guidelines onto the banks. And then you're obviously representing the bank. So in a way, you're the one that's packaging it up, making a case for your client, saying like, look, this borrower is actually qualified. This is why. Because how many, I mean, I've never asked you this, but how many times have you had to explain literally in writing why this person should get qualified?
0: Yeah, so... (laughs) make a good point is um we're almost like an advocate (laughs) i i I tell i tell clients that choose to work with us that i literally i work for you mr and mrs buyer i i work for you and that's the easiest way to say it is i do is because um there are there are certain gray areas that that Need some sort. You know, we have we have underwriters that 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 underwrite directly for Fannie Mae, FHA, and VA. Um, sometimes there are gray areas as far as income, as far as overtime, or as far as COVID, for instance. You know, uh, that that's a perfect example of COVID. COVID right now, it's an unprecedented time to where. We don't, so their income was way less in 2020 than it was in 2018, 2019, and current year year to date. Okay, let's have an objective, let's look at it objectively and say, okay, we can look outside the box of 2020 being the anomaly to pretty much everybody's lifetime. (laughs) So, so so yeah we do what 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 a lender will do for you is is, is again pretty much package your financial snapshot a picture of your financial um, background and history and present present it to an underwriter to say hey th- these guys are solid they're, they're going to make their mortgage payments and they're a good
1: risk okay so <clears throat> going back to the i guess the job length requirements it's two years within the same industry
0: um, well okay so the only time it really the only time the same industry is relevant is if we're using if we're using overtime commission or different types of income or different types of um outside of the um base salary or or hourly rate. So okay. let's just say yeah, let's just say you were uh, you worked at XYZ company and your straight your straight salary and you made $20 an hour. Okay. If you went to an, an entirely different industry and you made $22 an hour on your new salary, we're going to use $22 an hour. The variable part is if you worked at if you worked at another, if you worked at two different companies and you made overtime, okay, uh, the, the, we have to determine that the overtime is going to, you have a two year history first and foremost. Secondly, that there's a, a likelihood of continual overtime. And, and then, and then third and lastly, we have to, we have to average that over the two years plus the current year to date. So, so it, it again, it, it, there's a lot, I mean, this is really surface level income calculation, but mm-hmm. just, you do not, absolutely do not have to be in the same industry to be able to include your income. You just have to have a history of the overtime or commissions or bonus, however you're paid.
1: Okay. Okay, cool. And then you had used an example with school. Um, I know a lot of people also go straight from like, you know, their, are either internshipping. Does that count? Like, once, can they use a year of internshipping and then moving on to their careers? Or I don't know. I don't know if you've, had, if you've come across it, that.
0: Absolutely. So you—you know, actually, if there's any uh, medical field people listening, is there? Uh, you are there. There's actually a doctor loan or a nurse loan to where they'll use your residency as 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 a two year a part of your two year history, so um, the residency and a job offer. I mean that that again that's that's an extreme situation where you say, okay, hey, we have, um, we have, you know, the certain borrower and they and they are just got through their residency and they got a job offer and they they are going to start making X amount of dollars. Um, we'll use that. We'll use that income of their future, in, uh, of their future, based on just again nothing more than they are doctors. They've been to school, so they've got the history of being school. Went through the residency, and we can use their future income. Um, so, so yeah. I mean, there are there are situations where uh, school. Matter of fact, like I said. Without a doubt, FHA conventional will will allow for a diploma. We'll have to get transcripts mm-hmm. to show that that person was in school for the years, for the year or half year, or whatever it was prior to up to a two year history and their current income. And 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 obviously, we, we're not using that income. We're just using that as a two year history.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, the last.
0: Let's see did we
1: get everything so,
0: credit score income down payment let's talk about down payment and okay. um, for a lot of people especially in California down payment is is sometimes an issue because mm-hmm. let's face it in a, in a in a high cost in a high cost area of southern California for instance it you know people people aren't saving as much as the rest of the country yeah. just because of the cost of living so yeah. down payment is really an issue um so, uh, we, that I would say income and down payment are our biggest, are our biggest obstacles for first time homebuyers. So, uh, the, the, the misnomer is that you need to have 20% down. That is not the case. We just talked about you three and a half percent down, sometimes 3% down you can do, mm-hmm. um, and those funds can come from a gift, come from come from a gift, come from a donor. A donor has to be a blood relative. So, on a four hundred, let's just use a four hundred thousand dollar purchase price. Three and a half percent down of four hundred thousand is fourteen thousand dollars plus your closing costs. So, to buy a four hundred thousand dollar home, you're going to need a minimum of, we're going to say twenty four thousand dollars to buy to buy that home. Well, a lot of people first-time buyers don't have it. You can use a family member to gift you that money to use for your down payment. And that's what a lot of people don't understand is, 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 is having, having the ability to, to ask for that down payment. Because that is a lot of money for, for, for a first-time buyer.
1: That's right. So um, remind me, you can get it gifted. by It has to be from a family member. Or can it be like a family friend? you have to have the last name or what's, what are the rules? Okay. So that's a whole nother topic in and of itself, but yes, they, they, they have to be
0: typically, they have to be blood relatives. Okay. Um, so, so, I mean, and some of them, it, like some of some lenders will, will scrutinize a cousin, for instance, a cousin um, proving the familial relationship is hard. So a lot of lenders just won't allow cousins. It has to be aunt, uncle, um, father, father, mother, son, daughter. It has to be literally first lineage. Uh, family member um, just just again for the for the sake of being able to prove that they conform to the guideline so it's kind of a gray area with a cousin for instance but but uh, just having hey a lifelong friend or somebody that you went to high school with giving you money is not an acceptable donor mm-hmm.
1: okay Thank you for explaining that I think yeah. I just have one other question and that's about the tax returns that are required so someone can't realistically buy a house without filing their taxes, right? Or you can.
0: You can um uh, up until recently you couldn't um because if we go back to again the the crash of 2008 was that um as was that banks really strict in their guidelines and they said okay, hey, we have to we have to be able to conform to these guidelines that everybody is that these uh, agencies have set. So that gives the lenders peace of mind and no peace of mind and knowing that, Hey, the, these agencies really made it a lot more strict and it's not the wild, wild West. So, okay, we're going to lend on FHA or, or Fannie Mae loans. Well, as the, as the market has moved past and past 2008, uh, some investors, investors have come in and said, Hey, you know what? We would like to take a little bit of a risk. And for somebody that doesn't have uh, the perfect job time or, or somebody that doesn't have that income or somebody that doesn't have the down payment, we're going to lend our money and we're going to lend it based on our guidelines. And our guidelines are going to allow you to use a bank statement. So, uh, a lot of people that are self-employed, you might make a lot of money, but you write everything off as far as the IRS is concerned. So yeah. they're going to say, Hey, well... we'll we'll, we'll take a look at your last one year to two years of bank statements and providing we can see monthly deposits consistently over that one year, two years, we're going to use that as your income. And then we're going to lend you money based on you being able to make that mortgage payment based on, based on those monthly deposits. Because what happened prior to 2008 was a lot of, uh, a lot of, as we said back then, was stated income. Hey, we're just going to tell you what my income was. Well, that proved to be a wrong, a bad idea. Mm-hmm. So so now they're saying, hey, we have to be able to prove without a shadow or within the shadow of a doubt that this is your income, and this is what we've seen your income because we have a historical record of it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if, if we go back and we just lend you money based on you saying, hey, you make $10,000 a month and you default on your loan... That, that particular borrower can say that was predatory lending. We gave somebody that we knew couldn't make the mortgage payment loan, yeah. and they defaulted, and we put them in a bad spot.
1: Got it. Okay. Well, I think that's, that's all my questions. Did you want to add anything else?
0: No. I, I mean, I think that there, there's obviously a lot more that goes into it, but there's not even a lot more, but those are the main bullet points, credit, income, and down payment.
1: Okay. Well thanks Sean for explaining all that in such detail. You did a great job. <laughs>
0: well thanks for <laughs> thanks for the good questions. Of
1: course. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the P Money Show. For more information, follow at Paulina Cell San Diego.